Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head to head. This week's topic of debate is a bracket-style challenge to determine the greatest fantasy movie of all time. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Today we are joined by a guest, the admin of Strider slash Aragorn Corps. This episode was recorded on his 23rd birthday, Mr. Peter Woods. We've done a sci-fi bracket, but now we're doing a fantasy bracket. This one's going to be big. We've got a special guest, Mr. Peter Woods, Strider Corps, if, you, if you're familiar with his meme page. He's here to help us talk about what the best fantasy movie is. On his birthday, nonetheless. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Hello, I am Peter. It is my 23rd birthday. Yeah, I run Strider Corps. So we're just going to jump right into it. We've got The Wizard of Oz up against It's a Wonderful Life. This is a throwback round. Wizard of Oz over It's a Wonderful Life. I'm also going to go with Wizard of Oz on this one. We're talking about the fantasy bracket. The Wizard of Oz is a fantasy classic. Uh, for a lot of people, it was the, the beginning of them for that genre. Wizard of Oz has to go on. Every episode of every sitcom ever has an It's a Wonderful Life episode, you know? It's sort of like another take on the mechanics of A Christmas Carol. There's actually a really good episode of Batman the Animated Series where uh, Batman has an It's a Wonderful Life moment and sees what Gotham would have been like if he decided to never put on the, the, the cape, you know? Did an It's a Wonderful Life, didn't they? I'm sure they have. No time, moving on. Pan's Labyrinth versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Pan's Labyrinth over Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm going to go with Pan's Labyrinth on this one just because I feel like it's a stronger fantasy film than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm terrified of Pan's Labyrinth, but I will give credit where credit's due. It is an amazing fantasy movie. Yeah, I think the creature design and the, the dark atmosphere of Pan's Labyrinth is really interesting, and I'm sure we'll get there a little bit later when we talk about like Tolkien's work. I'm going to go with Who Framed Roger Rabbit here because I think it's a more fun movie, and... I don't know. I love Pan's Labyrinth, but it's kind of one of those movies that I don't really plan to watch again. I did not get a chance to watch Pan's Labyrinth, but I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a really unique film that like I don't think would ever be made now. And I, I really appreciate about I really appreciate that about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Josh, what are you talking about? Ready Player One came out like two years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was talked over, uh, but I said Who Framed Roger Rabbit at the beginning. All right. Up next, we've got Fellowship of the Ring up against Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'm going to have to go with Lord of the Rings because my entire birthday has been Lord of the Rings themed, and to betray it would be a betrayal of myself. I'm going to go with Lord of the Rings just because I think that that's a stronger world than uh, Narnia. For me, at least, I know that I'm sleeping on Narnia a little bit as far as the rest of the group here goes. But Fellowship is also my favorite of that trilogy, so. It's too bad that Narnia is getting out uh, this early, because I do really like it. I rewatched it uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, really appreciate it. And it was a lot better than what I remembered it was. I like Narnia a lot, but Fellowship of the Ring is just a juggernaut when it comes to fantasy. Like, there, it's there's no way that Narnia is going over it. People don't realize how rare that this is that josh is saying that because he didn't want to watch lord of the rings yeah i know he watched lord of the rings for the first time like three weeks ago josh doesn't like it when people tell him to watch things <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty undisputed looks like lord of the rings is moving on alden did you want to try to make a case for lion witch in the wardrobe i don't think anything i say will convince people fellowship of the rings seems like a, it has a strong following right now lion witch in the wardrobe was a fantastic start to what could have been an amazing saga of movies if they would have stayed with the order that the books were released i think they slept on the fact that people will follow a series that is a little complicated if there's just consistent releases like if they did w one every other year or something like that i i really think it, it could have been something wonderful like like lord of the rings but they just didn't, Disney didn't like double down on it. They just kind of like half-assed it. I was going to ask, when when did Prince Caspian come out compared to uh, Narnia 1? I want to say like 2008 or 2009. Prince Caspian came out in 2008 and uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe came out in 2005. Starting a second book in, they still did a really good job with it. it it's not too complicated, that's for sure. 
Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to get like picked up probably not by HBO since they already have His Dark Materials, but I feel like someone's going to retry Narnia. I can't wait till they do. Yeah. I honestly like if you remember Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe as a kid and it, I think it's a good rewatch. It's on Disney Plus right now. I would definitely check it out. How much do you get paid to plug Disney Plus, Josh? You always mention it. All right, we got the Princess Bride up against Time Bandits. The Princess Bride is also on Disney Plus. I'm going to go with the Princess Bride because I've seen it. I'm going to go with Time Bandits because I just feel like it's it's a better story overall. I'm with Peter. I, I get the love for Princess Bride, and I think it's a great movie, but... Time Bandits is really elevated for me because you, you get really invested in the characters and the production design and the kind of almost self-aware humor is is even greater than that of Princess Bride. You know, Time Bandits does end on a giant chessboard, which is just brilliant. Nothing yet, Peter. Yeah, I'm kind of siding with Princess Bride because I haven't seen Time Bandits. Josh, you're the tiebreaker. Um haven't seen time bandits and last time i watched the princess bride i was like wow four or five years old so i'm just gonna go with princess bride princess bride holds up i didn't see it for the first time until i was like probably in my like mid-teens maybe high school i don't know <laughs> if there's a wrestler in the movie josh will push for it we've got the harry Housen round we've got jason and the argonauts versus clash of the titans how, how are we feeling here i'm going to go with jason and the argonauts Obviously, it shows that it's dated, but even with those limitations, it's one of those fantasy movies that does play to your suspension of disbelief. They're both, like, special effects-heavy movies, and they're of different eras. Clash of the Titans, I believe, was in, like, the 70s, and Jason and the Argonauts was in the mid-60s. So there's, like, 15 years between these movies. And I I think Jason and the Argonauts might be more ambitious. Um, that scene where Jason's fighting off, like, nine or ten skeleton soldiers is so impressive and when you find out it's all stop motion animated by one dude and it took him almost two years it is one of the most impressive special effects in any movie ever and clash of the titans has a lot of other great moments like that but nothing quite as ambitious especially for the time i will say this my older brother was terrified of the skeletons from jason and the argonauts oh they're fucking creepy are they better than the skeletons in spy kids 2 islands of island of the lost dreams Nothing is better than those skeletons. Let's be real. Nothing is better than that movie. Yeah, why isn't that on this list? Doing a, a, a Robert Rodriguez bracket. Oh, bet. Um, well, I only saw the remake of Clash of the Titans, and I haven't seen the originals. So I feel like I should be silent. Elden, have you seen either? Um, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Jory. That looks like Jason and the Argonauts is moving on. We've got Life of Pi versus the John Favreau Jungle Book 2016. Life of Pi, for me, I feel it was like a much better movie to sort of sit and enjoy, whereas like Jungle Book, I was constantly comparing it to the animated Jungle Book, so I couldn't give it the love it de deserves, pretty much. Unfortunately, I think that's what people expected from it, so they couldn't like venture off too much. Which, I mean, they've got different reference material. They have an entire book to work from. Yeah, I'm actually going to go here and defend the Jungle Book, uh, which I, normally I wouldn't do. And I think Life of Pi is a fine fine movie and a fine book adaptation as well. But I think the Jungle Book is the best of these god-awful Disney remakes. In fact, I'd, I'd say it's a actually like a pretty great movie. When they announced Bill Murray as Baloo, I was like, are, are, are you kidding? He's just going to be like a sarcastic asshole now? I hate Mondays, Mowgli. <laughs> I think that he does a good job of kind of changing his type. And, and the Christopher Walken, I want to be like you scene is honestly like such a meme. Thank God. Yes. I genuinely liked the Jungle Book 2016. I went in with really low expectations. Completely agree with Nate here. I think that the Jungle Book 2016 was a really fucking fun movie, and it still remains the only live-action Disney adaptation that I've like seen. Giancarlo Esposito is like the father figure for Mowgli before he just gets fucking yeeted off a cliff. It's a great, it's a great movie. I like it a lot. Ben Kingsley as uh, the panther. I personally don't have that much attachment to the original animated one, just because, like, the last time I saw that movie, I was probably, like, four or five. So, like, I was willing to go into this with my eyes open. Yeah, I rewatched the original and uh, just around Christmas time this last year, and honestly, it, 
the the new one deviates enough from it i mean obviously it redoes like the songs that kind of made that one a classic for for disney but in terms of the narrative it is certainly a lot darker and a lot more ambitious than it's elevated from the original in my opinion i i think it's the only one i'd say is a genuinely a better movie i also like life of pi a lot so i would be fine with either of these moving on but i think the jungle book is a really fun movie and if we're gonna go uh who framed roger rabbit over pan's labyrinth i feel like we should also go jungle book over life of pi yeah that makes sense i agree josh you okay with jungle book moving on okay josh are you getting another uh corona extra josh is passed out in a puddle of his own vomit this is a big round coming up soon, so I'm kind of stalling. We're doing decent on time, so I'm proud of everyone. Should we skip to the round after that? So, Peter, it is your birthday. You're a meme page admin, so you're a, you're a part of the same community that Nicholas has come from, that Josh has come from, that I dissociate myself with. Um, you're also one of our longest fans. I feel like when Josh and I first started streaming, you were, like, the first person there. Yeah. I think so, like me, Andrew, Landon. Yeah, you're also the only person that watched Missing Link uh, back our, our first podcast. I loved Missing Link. I really miss it. <laughs> well, this has replaced it, and you're in it now. It's it's sad to lose Missing Link, but it's nice to be part of Dealer the Takes. My, my question for you is, why did you decide to do Strider Core? I was messaging Old Ben and Josh quite a lot, and both of them were kind of always like, oh, you should just make a core page. Fuck it, do it. And then I was like, oh, well, like, I'm not the biggest, I, I mean, I love Star Wars and all that, but I, I don't like Star Wars enough to make a meme page out of it kind of thing. I mean, like, I, I'm a casual fan of Star Wars, not a diehard one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, Lord of the Rings was always something that, like, I've loved and cherished ever since, like, I've seen the movies in the theater when I was, like, three years old. So, like, it kind of just made sense, and Aragorn is one of my favorite characters but aragorn core was already taken i didn't want to call my page like strider core um like like straight up like because some people are idiots and can't differentiate the two so i was like oh fuck it i'll just call it aragorn slash strider core that seems like a bad solution to that I don't want to be associated with Aragorn core so let me put that name in my because originally i was going to be phil swift core <laughs> my final question for you for now at least is uh what do you think the best piece of content that mace and i have ever dropped is real party stream i think that was singularly one of the best streams that i've ever watched i'm sorry the mario party streams yeah the mario party stream is probably one of you guys best streams like and i'm saying that up against Carl on josh playing every other game that he's played on his page. I really just enjoyed the Mario Party stream. The Luigi movement is so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> the Luigi movement, and you know, it's where Hey Beater came from, which is like still a meme sometimes in the group chat. That's wild because like that Mario Party stream was kind of like last minute. I don't think that was planned. No, not we really. kind of just like showed up. I, I'm not. I'm not the only one that really enjoyed it. I know Landon super enjoyed it, and I think it was like the stream that made me and Landon friends because we were one of the, we were like the like two of the few that were watching it and like commenting. And then I was like, oh, this Landon guy's quite cool. <laughs> Landon was always like the guy to ask about Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff. Yeah, we gotta bring that back. <laughs> we didn't do that after quarantine. I guess uh, I guess we gotta do a Mario Party stream at some point. I would love that. You guys could do a Jackbox TV stream as well because Jackbox TV is pretty fun. Yeah, we played a lot. The Mar- One of the Mario Party streams is where I got my... Uh... A7 didn't name. Yeah, I was there for that. Poplu 2 came up for Halloween because I think old Ben said he looks just like Poplu, which I really disagree. Yeah, which is completely wrong. This is one hell of a fight. We've got Charlie in the Chocolate Factory versus Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Where does everyone stand? Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka is the original. All right, Willy Wonka for me then. So when you first gave us this bracket, I thought this would be a no contest, but then I heard some things that Jory said and kind of some realizations that like Charlie, both Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Willy Wonka, ironically, both of these movies are on Netflix right now. There is a lot more in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that is redeemable than I thought. 
but at the same time, it's also hard to beat the original. So I'm going to be honest, I'm kind of on the fence and I don't really have an answer right now. It's okay. My answer is definitively, no question, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, the 1971 original starring Gene Wilder. And I will not be persuaded. I like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but Willy Wonka is the one that I'll go to rewatch if I'm in the mood to like experience that story again. Okay. In defense of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical aspects of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I don't think are really touched by uh, the remake Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I do enjoy the songs that are in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I do like that it's kind of just the Oompa Loompas that sing them, because what Charlie and the Chocolate Factory goes on to do with the character of Willy Wonka and with the story in general I think is better than what Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory does with it, where at the end of the... Yeah, at the end of the... Well, he's a massive cunt at the end of both of them, is the thing. But after Grandpa Joe yells at him in Willy Wonka, he's like, okay, <laughs> you don't want the chocolate, I'll give you the... I'll give you the factory. But I think that it's more interesting in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where the question isn't if Charlie is greedy and really cares about the chocolate. The question is more, is he willing to give up his family for it? And he refuses the chocolate factory initially. And then Willy Wonka, like, chases after him and he's like, hey, what's up with that? And he's like, family's, like, so important. You need to reconcile with your father who you hated and ran away from home from. I think that Willy Wonka as a character has more depth in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory than he does in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And that's not to knock Gene Wilder at all. I do think Gene Wilder is a better Willy Wonka than Johnny Depp is. The direction that they went with with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was certainly odd. I don't hate it, but it, I don't think it's what most people are looking for when they want Willy Wonka. They want, like, the silly like gene wilder character and that's completely fine but i do enjoy what charlie and the chocolate factory does with the source material a lot more than i enjoy what willy Wonka and the chocolate factory does where it's kind of just a fun movie yeah i think they named these movies backwards because the original willy wonka focuses a lot more on charlie i will say though for the original out of the oompa loompa song iconic using the word iconic for the other songs is a bit of a stretch the original movie is just more iconic than charlie and the chocolate factory nate's twitter poll that he did uh proves that i think that when people think of the story of like the chocolate factory they think gene wilder they think creepy charlie they think oompa loompas the orange guys yeah i just feel like the oompa loompas are such a problematic redo like why make them an indian midget why do you always like bring up like sjw stances when we're when we're against the film i just feel like if you're doing a fantasy movie it's way cooler to have some like weird different species than it is to just have small brown people i feel like i like the same one dude playing all of the oompa loompas and them being like some untouched tribe to the world that like has no flavor and Willy Wonka comes over and is like hey I'll let you make candy in my factory because it tastes fucking awesome and they're like oh hell yeah whereas in Willy Wonka they're just a bunch of orange midgets with green hair that Willy Wonka has enslaved I will say this in defense of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory that tunnel scene is quite possibly the greatest thing I've ever seen and something I never want to experience on an acid trip. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do something more like that, because when they said that Tim Burton was on board and, and Johnny Depp was in the movie, I was like, oh, whatever they do for that tunnel sequence is going to be really cool. But no, it's just like, hey, it's there's the whipped cream, and then they whip a cow, and you're like, oh, what the fuck is this shit? Massive downgrade. I don't know, it's a kid's movie, but... Yeah, I think... <laughs> so it's Willy Wonka, and it explores themes that are more important to children... Like what? If we're exploring themes that are important to children, we have to talk about the most problematic character for children, and that's Grandpa Joe in the original. Oh, I hate Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe's a piece of shit, but he's a piece of shit in both movies. Grandpa Joe is way more of a piece of shit in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't even act. I agree. In the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, you can say that up until like they get into the factory, Grandpa Joe is the same character. Fine. Whatever. But in the original one, 
Grandpa Joe also has his grandson sneak off with him in the middle of the tour to steal experimental products from Willy Wonka and almost gets them both killed in the process. And then at the end, he wants to act all high and mighty when Willy Wonka is like, no, I'm not giving you the factory. He's like, what the fuck, Willy? Give us this factory, you piece of shit. You're going to make my grandson cry. He represents the faults of the middle class. I think that's pretty clear. He, he's a Karen. He is a Karen. Exactly. That's the point. Charlie elevates from that 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 problem, from the problem of the generations before him. He doesn't. He doesn't learn anything. He still gets the factory at the end. Yes, he does because he's a good person. He just is surrounded by negative influences. How is Charlie a good person in the original? Because he's blonde and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that's really about <laughs> it. That's all I can think of. Yeah, he's an Aryan in a movie filmed in Germany. He doesn't sell the gobstopper to fucking Slughorn or whatever the hell his name is. At least. That was the test. The test was, hey, if people get along this far and dis discover a piece of candy that they never need to replace, is he gonna sell it because if he does, it's going to put the factory out of business. Do you think that that growth for Charlie is more significant than in the remake where Charlie refuses the chocolate factory, not because he won't sell something that isn't his, but because he won't leave his family? I feel like that's a much more significant character beat than what happens in Char in Willy Wonka. No. I want to hear... Uh... The whole family not being able to be with him is forced because they want to try to develop Willy Wonka as a character and it has nothing to do with charlie as a character charlie has strong family values in both movies i want to hear uh alden's yet to speak and i know he's for charlie in the chocolate factory okay so nothing against gene wilder and i do agree that johnny depp isn't quite as good as willy wonka but johnny depp was able to make willy wonka feel a lot more like a weird ass recluse and factory like owner than gene wilder did it is a completely different feeling between both of these movies and i feel like charlie and the chocolate factory has more of the way out there kind of aspect that's true i guess johnny depp's willy wonka does seem more like a guy that's been trapped in a factory for like 15 years or however long it's been yeah and it's it's not it's not even just uh willy wonka or the characters the world building is completely different yeah i love all of the whereas willy wonka in the chocolate factory was filmed in germany so it looks like a european town which is fine and it looks great and it works for the movie but i think uh charlie and the chocolate factory does a little bit better with a completely different world but even something else with charlie and the chocolate factory you get things that are outside the immediate surroundings of charlie like you get to see how quickly the Wonka bars are selling out. You get to see how that's going on all over the world. You also get background with Willy Wonka from other characters' perspectives, like when Grandpa Joe remembers when he used to work at the little chocolate shop that he used to have. And you get that Indian guy that... Yeah, the story with the prince that built the palace out of chocolate. Yeah, I really like the chocolate castle. not going to eat it. I am going to live in it. <laughs> the Tim Burton remake does also feature the word retard, so... <laughs> Wait, when? <laughs> I might just be swayed by that. <laughs> Peter, can you please say when? I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Mike TV is talking about how he hacked Willy Wonka's servers, and he goes, a retard could figure it out. <laughs> I think that just got me cancelled by saying retard on Nate's. <laughs> no, you're fine. We're going to say it later when we talk about Willow. It's fine. <laughs> all right I, I just i think we're tied up here we need to just vote make it clear alden brought up a really good point oh my fucking god <laughs> he did about the factory itself this is a fantasy bracket i can't believe i'm saying it i think charlie and the chocolate factory is moving on hell yeah can i just say i love that willy wonka built that entire chocolate palace and then at the very end of construction he's talking to the indian guy and he's like you better start eating right now yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of cool visuals I am not going to eat it. I am going to live in it. <laughs> I love the bit where the chocolate just like drips onto his forehead and he just laps his head off and then it's like a colossal wave of shit. I love the rampage that Augustus Gloop goes on eating everything in that first room and they play like this sinister score. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the Danny Elfman score is the standout of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, far and none. It is the best part of the movie. Everything else is is just shit compared to the original. But whatever. It, I guess it's moving on. I I disagree. Sorry, Nate. We're all Zoomers, right? <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. Nate just got schooled. <laughs> We've got Edward Scissorhands up against Beetlejuice. More Tim Burton. I'm gonna go with Beetlejuice. I'm also going with Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice for me. Yeah. I don't think anyone's disagreeing here that Beetlejuice should move on. Edward Scissorhands is fine, but in terms of, of fantasy, Beetlejuice does a lot more to explore it, whereas Edward Scissorhands just has the premise of, hey, this kid's born with scissor hands, and that's about it. Edward Scissorhands confuses me a lot because I can't tell if it's a Christmas movie, so like I never know when to watch it, so that's why I didn't watch it for this bracket. Why don't you just watch it whenever? You can watch Christmas movies at any time of the year. That's a lot of Tim Burton movies, to be honest. Up next, we've got Sorcerer's Stone versus Matilda. We're moving on to the second half of the bracket. All right, so because it's actually called Philosopher's Stone, uh, I'm going to go with Philosopher's Stone. Is Nicol- Was Nicholas Flamel a philosopher? I think he was more of a sorcerer. Yeah, that's what I, I'm thinking about. And Nicholas Flamel was an alchemist. I feel like sorcerer is closer than philosopher. He's a philosopher because he's a deep thinker. I guess I'm a philosopher, too. We're philosopher philosophizing about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm also going to go with uh, Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone. This is this is actually one of the very few times that I'll talk about the book of something. I really like the book of Matilda. Wait, Josh can read? Yeah, apparently. And uh, Yeah, Josh doesn't like the MCU. The movie just doesn't hold up to me at all when it comes to the book, while Sorcerer's Stone, I think, is a very good film on its own. Oh, that's interesting. I think Matilda actually, as a movie, far uh, in a way elevates itself from its source material. I think it's one of Roald Dahl's weaker books, and I'm surprised it was one of the first to be adapted into a movie. I, I absolutely love what Danny DeVito did directing Matilda. Yeah, I was waiting Wait, for something to say it. <laughs> yeah, he did. I think it's incredibly well shot, and I think it's really wholesome that he just wanted to make a movie that his daughters could enjoy. And I think Matilda's, although it's got some darker elements and darker themes, I think it has a lot of fun with its with its whimsical elements and moments. And when I was a kid, I always thought Tim Burton did it for some reason. And then when I found out it was just Danny DeVito, I realized it's a lot smaller of a movie than something like Sorcerer's Stone. And that's really kind of wholesome. It's a lot smaller of a movie, Nate. I don't understand why you guys are laughing. That's a legitimate point. <laughs> Because Danny DeVito is a small man. Oh, I see. I understand now. We're not talking about Willow yet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm casting my vote for Matilda here, just because I think it's more—it's more original than you know a movie that has eight films in its saga. I, I just—I think Matilda stands on its own. Yeah, you can say that Sorcerer's Stone isn't as unique as Matilda because it's the beginning of a franchise that then went on to have eight movies. But I think Sorcerer's Stone is also like essential fantasy as far as the genre and film goes. So Matilda, I haven't seen Matilda. Let me just put that out there. I'm not going to knock it at all. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie, but I feel like Sorcerer's Stone is just more fantasy than Matilda is. And I think they kind of have the same level of fantasy, except Matilda just has... Does Matilda go to a school for wizards? (laughs) Does Matilda find out she's the chosen one? Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen it, but I feel like there's no fucking way that that's true. The world in Harry Potter doesn't really, you see a lot of it in Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone. But you see a lot more of it in other movies, including like Fantastic Beasts. It just keeps getting expanded upon, whereas Matilda is like just set and done. Everything that is there is there. It's not really expanded upon, and I think that's easier to digest. So I'm going to go with Matilda. All right, Josh, you're the tiebreaker again. Where do you stand? I think we just really disagree on the Matilda movie adaptation. I The book is was one of my favorite books as a kid, and I found myself pretty disappointed when I watched the movie after I read the book. So, yeah, I think Sorcerer's Stone is just a better adaptation. All right, Sorcerer's Stone it is. We've got Enchanted up against another Tim Burton film, Big Fish. Ooh, this is tough. That's a hard one. It is. I'm going to go with Big Fish. Yeah, I love both of these movies. I'm going to go with Enchanted because I like Amy Adams and James... uh, Marsden. Fuck. And Cyclops. James Marsden is in Enchanted, which always gets a point. Yeah, I'm going with Enchanted too. The protagonist of the Sonic movie is in Enchanted. 
I, I just don't remember Enchanted all that well, which is the only reason I'm going with Big Fish. I just can't believe you guys are going with James Marsden over Ewan McGregor. That's true. I'm going with Amy Adams. I think it's Ewan McGregor's best performance outside of train spotting. Clearly, you haven't seen Christopher Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have, but I did really like Christopher Robin. All you need to know is it's a film about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Why isn't Christopher Robin on this? <laughs> yeah, for real, what the fuck? Because that's a movie about schizophrenia, not a fantasy film. I really like Enchanted. I like it's it's a Disney movie kind of poking fun at itself. And I think its sense of humor is the thing that sets it apart from a lot of other movies on this bracket. It has a lot of fun with its premise and kind of just goes that fish out of water story with, with two characters being fantasy characters in the real world going to New York City. It's really funny. It's a super wholesome movie. Uh, great for the whole family. And I think Big Fish has some really great themes, and I think it also has a lot of great fantasy moments and set pieces, and it kind of blurs this line between, it, you know, the fantasy and reality. It's about this guy whose dad's dying, and he's telling his, his son his life story on his deathbed, and it goes way off the deep end, but in such a fun way, you know? And and I, I think it's cool at the end when it's, like, revealed, oh, he made pretty much all that up, and then it's like, oh, no, he didn't. It all is. It all happened. Which is sort of why I can actually remember Big Fish, even though like the last time I seen it was three years ago. It's just one of those movies that sticks with you. Was the ending supposed to be that it's all real? Because I feel like there were just hints of some things being real. I don't know. That's how I saw the end. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It was definitely supposed to be like, oh wait, maybe his dad wasn't bullshitting him the whole time. You know, it's it's not like oh everything is real and literal, but a lot of it is is to be interpreted personally take it over enchanted and i love both of these movies a lot i think both of these movies are great but this is a fantasy bracket and i think enchanted is not only one of the most slept on uh princess movies i think it might be my favorite like in general enchanted's moving on okay up next we've got willow versus muppets treasure island hell yeah muppets treasure island yeah muppets has not seen Muppets Treasure Island, but is currently reading Treasure Island. How close are they? <laughs> Honestly, it, it is relatively close. It's the same story condensed in typical Muppet fashion with a lot more of, like, you know, Muppet comedic relief. Treasure Island, but Kermit is there. I'm going to go with Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> I liked Willow a lot. I just watched it, like, an hour or two ago. I like Treasure Island a lot also in every form that that story takes from, like, Treasure Planet, which was my first exposure to it, to currently, like, our whole community is watching Black Sails right now. The better called Saul of pirate material. As much as I like Muppet Treasure Island, I think my vote's going to Willow, because this is a fantasy bracket, and I think Willow is one of the most slept-on fantasy movies in this entire bracket. Yeah, nobody really talks about Willow. <laughs> I've not seen it. It's very good. Like, it's not worth just fading into obscurity. Disney Plus randomly decided to announce Willow 2. I did not think that there was any uh, any love for this movie. Willow walked so Dark Crystal could fly. Did it? I, I don't think Treasure Island stands out as being one of the better Muppets movies. I think it's a fine fantasy movie and a fine Treasure Island movie, but the Muppets kind of distract from the things I really like about the movie. I really like Tim Curry as Blackbeard. That's probably the best part of the movie. And then Hans Zimmer's score is incredible, but... Those are the two best elements, and they have nothing to do with the Muppets. Okay, Boomer. Josh, you were the guy that argued for Muppets to be on this bracket, so you're kind of... Well, I didn't want to watch Dragonheart, okay? <laughs> I'm also going to switch my vote from Muppets Treasure Island to Willow, because it is like more fantasy than Treasure Island is. Now that that's over, I'd like to point out that Dark Crystal is actually released six years before Willow. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, um... Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Labyrinth, up against Neverending Story? You're gonna hate me for this, Nate, but I have to side with Labyrinth. I thought these movies were the same thing growing up. Both these movies kind of have the same problem, where they have great moments, but then they're surrounded by things that really don't work. And for me, the only things that are truly great in Labyrinth are David Bowie's musical numbers, and then anything... Anything with the, the Muppets, the Jim Henson creatures, I would stand by Neverending Story having more character and heart than Labyrinth, whereas Labyrinth is kind of just an incohesive mess. I will say this in defense of Labyrinth, it is one of those few movies which sort of, <clears throat> it blends the whole 
modern character going into the fantasy setting really well. Sarah's transported from her room into the realm of the goblins or whatever. I thought that was a lot more of an interesting way to introduce your main character into the fantasy world is that they are reading a book and become part of it as opposed to ripping off Peter Pan. But instead of Peter Pan taking Wendy out of her bedroom, it's fucking David Bowie with a codpiece. I, I think that's really disturbing. It's David Bowie's bulge that does all the magic. The Bowie bulge. Yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of creepy to me. I, I, I think... I think Neverending Story has an interesting setup where it, the 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 story is all about escapism. Bastion's going through depression, and the story kind of changes to where he's at. And I think that that's something that's labyrinth is just a fantasy movie with no message or underlying theme, and a really really awkward cod piece. Labyrinth is one of those movies where it's it's kind of like Marmite. You either really love Labyrinth like I do, and it's probably the same problem that Dark Crystal has. I like the song Dance Magic Dance a lot. Yeah, it's a banger. I haven't seen Labyrinth, and I haven't seen uh, Neverending Story since I was easily younger than six. I'm going to kind of side with you, Peter, and say Labyrinth. The scenes that pop out more to me is Labyrinth and its music sequences that I do really enjoy. And the Jim Henson puppets, I do really like better than another film we'll get to later. Do you not like Dark Crystal? We'll we'll get there when we get there. I guess Labyrinth is moving on. It sounds like it's a tie, but I, I'm not going to wait for Jory to decide. Curse of the Black Pearl up against Sleepy Hollow. I'm going to appease to Josh and say Curse of the Black Pearl. Ease the Josh. <laughs> I really, really like Sleepy Hollow. Uh, it's one of my guilty pleasure. It's one of those films that I just enjoy. Care more about the world of Black Pearl than you do Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, it's a great hero's journey. Okay, um, we've got the Holy Mountain up against Brazil. Based on premise alone, I'm gonna go with the Holy Mountain. Yeah, I think Holy Mountain is hands down the most ambitious movie on this entire bracket, and I think that it has a really great psychedelic narrative and uh, a lot of great underlying uh, themes and amazing cinematography, amazing production design. Where it falls short for me is in the point of the movie isn't to be an entertaining movie. The point of the movie is to be a, an experience and to be different than the norm. But it, it really isn't something you can like watch over and over again. I, I will say this about Holy Mountain. I have done numerous psychedelic drugs. Holy Mountain is one of those movies that actually did trigger like some sort of acid flashback while i was having while i was while i was sleeping so i had like the most lucid fucking insane dreams ever and just out of that alone i, I have to say that i just have to give it to holy mountain because... peter what's another movie that's done that 2001 a space odyssey made me trip balls recently is it bad that peter that peter's convincing me to try psychedelics yeah I don't want to go whole YMS on it, but it does kind of feel like a spiritual experience sometimes. Um, I think Brazil is a very good film with a lot of interesting visuals also, but I think Holy Mountain just just takes the edge a little bit more for me. Where Brazil really, really uh, thrives for me is in Terry Gilliam's direction, and that kind of leads to the production design as well. Uh, everything feels like it's on a soundstage. And I think that's that's intentional. It feels so like something of the, the German Impressionism movement. It feels something very similar to that of like Metropolis. And it is very, very well done. I like the theming throughout the movie and its setup and its premise. It feels like this really like Orwellian world that is is high fantasy. Like you can't even relate to what the characters are going through like this guy's mom is getting like plastic surgery like daily and there's like this she wants him to marry a particular woman but he's literally dreaming about another it feels so fantasy and the dream sequences are really really cool i'm gonna go with brazil because if you do drugs hang him jonathan price <laughs> i'm never associating with you again jory <laughs> say no to drugs kids alden you're you're the tiebreaker on two movies you haven't seen all right give me a one sentence pitch for both of these i'll just pick off of that this has been a mess that i can't follow so far so wait a minute you couldn't follow their arguments i felt like they were pretty well put together <laughs> oh thank you 
I feel like I understand these movies that I haven't seen. Uh, here's my one sentence uh, thing for Brazil. If you decided to blend George Orwell's 1984 with Time Bandits, you've got Terry Gilliam's excellent direction, but doing a very, um, a very cold and distant dystopian future that has a glimmer of hope in it, the love of its main character. God, I don't even know how to describe Holy Mountain in one sentence. One sentence. It, it's pretty much an acid trip and a Christ arc with a super meta conclusion, and it, it is. I don't even. I you you can't describe Holy Mountain in a word. It is truly okay. Well, that sounds more fantasy, so I'm going Holy Mountain. Holy Mountain in a sentence would just be acid without the repercussions of acid flashbacks. <laughs> Fuck me. So maybe I should just watch Holy Mountain. <laughs> we got Jumanji up against Alice in Wonderland. How about Jumanji? <laughs> I'm going to go with Jumanji simply because. I, I love it to death. I respect your uh, your take, but I totally disagree with your argument. I think Jumanji has aged like fucking milk. I think it is a terrible movie. I think the visuals aren't that good. And I think the whole premise is amazing. And the execution is just total shit. It's sentimental garbage. It's one of Robin Williams' worst movies. I don't think any of the set pieces hold up. And I think Bonnie Hunt is the redeeming thing in the movie. Uh, she's great. You would say that, you little simp. Alice in Wonderland is also a movie I don't care for much, but I think it did a decent job of bringing this high fantasy world to life through computer-generated effects. And I think it was one of those movies that was worth seeing in 3D because it was rendered in 3D, and it looked really, really cool at the time. Uh, it was right after Avatar, and it was like the next tentpole movie that was like, hey, you need to see this with real D3D, and it lived up to the hype for me. I don't think it has aged particularly well either, but it's certainly aged better than Jumanji. I think your your argument about the whole 3D thing just goes over my head because my depth perception is pretty shit, so I can't watch 3D films anyway. You know, maybe that's because you're doing psychedelics, kid. <laughs> do like 3D and did see Alice in Wonderland in 3D at the time it was released, and I do agree that it looked amazing at the time. Hold on, I have to tell the story. So in fifth grade, I... Uh... <laughs> I had a DVD of Alice in Wonderland 2010 in school. They're like, oh, you could bring whatever DVD you want. For some reason, I was the movie guy, so I was always the one that brought DVDs. And I decided for some reason to bring the Alice in Wonderland DVD. And um, we had to turn it off after the mouse stabbed the like creature in the eye and then took the eye out because half of the class hated it. And I got in trouble for it. Cowards. I think I like the remake of Jumanji better than both of these. Definitely going to Alice in Wonderland. I'm gonna go with Jumanji on this one. I don't really agree with the sentiment that it's aged like milk and this movie is horrible. I think it's a fun Robin Williams movie. Let's face it, Flubber was his worst performance. I take Flubber over Jumanji. I also liked Flubber, though. Robin Williams is like a better Jim Carrey. That's a shit take. We're moving on to Mary Poppins versus Dark Crystal. So Alice in Wonderland took it before? No, Jumanji did. It was three to two. The, the reason I'm going to go with Dark Crystal on this one is Dark Crystal is entirely puppetry. There are no actors in Dark Crystal at all. It is simply just everything you see is a puppet for a movie to be that ambiguous and come across that genuine it's quite amazing um and it does what every great fantasy movie ever seems to try and achieve where it plays to your sense of the suspension of disbelief like at some point you stop seeing the characters as just puppets you see them as their own individual living characters that all have something going on. Over the years, yes, Dark Crystal has become a cult movie. Like, there are a set amount of people that really, really enjoy Dark Crystal, and everyone else seems to just think it's a pile of pish. A uh, legitimate question to um, Peter's thing. Um, it seems like the crux of the argument seems to be Dark Crystal selling the world and the characters while all of it is puppetry. This might sound ignorant as somebody who doesn't really know much about the craft of puppetry, but why should I really care? I think you should care because it's a highly ambiguous project to have everything. I, I mean... It's just a new hope with puppets. With what you're saying that everything is puppets, to me, I feel like an animated movie. 
also achieves the same thing like buying the world when it's not real like there's this thing called um i forget who said it i think it was like super bunny hop on youtube or something but he calls it a cringe curve where you like clear the point where you buy the characters and stop seeing them as like from the outside as like puppets or cartoons or like 3d models in like a video game or something and you just accept it and then at that point you've bought the world i think that most animated and puppet and like video game projects manage to do that like even without the the new netflix adaption and all the fucking comic books and lore stories that they made about the dark crystal is that one movie had the potential to sort of like it inspired an entire world and universe but it, it pretty much did a star wars without like jedi and all that is yeah but star wars is much better in every way is one of the best fantasy movies of all time and if you guys think that's a shit take then i'll just sit here and like not try and defend it anymore yeah i don't think it's a shit take i think dark crystal is certainly uh, a great project and i'm glad that jim henson at that point in his career wanted to push himself to make dark crystal because he could have just done hokey muppet movies till the end of time and been just as successful but the fact that he pushed himself had to invest all the budget himself had to then buy the the movie back from the studio uh just to get it released is is a great narrative and i think i appreciate dark crystal as a film more than i appreciate it as a movie and i think that it is a a great piece of film history and a great uh benchmark in henson's career i think it has great ideas and i think it's well executed but i also don't love the characters i think it was supposed to be even greater and the studio involvement and just production issues made it worse and then the saving grace was henson's vision and to me i i even prefer labyrinth to dark crystal which i know is probably going to be a big surprise and that's just because it has more fun with those puppets and it does something less serious and less by the books it really just embraces what it is the recent show age of resistance really elevated it for me, I, I didn't think anything was really that well set up in Dark Crystal in terms of the lore. I understand that Dark Crystal will always be a cult movie. I, I will always be in the minority about arguing for Dark Crystal. It does seem to be a very Marmite movie. You either love it or you'll hate it. I'm going to give my vote to Dark Crystal by your passion for it. Consider it a birthday gift. I really like Mary Poppins. I think a lot of the songs in Mary Poppins are very iconic. Saving Mr. Banks really made me appreciate mary poppins even more with the amount of time especially if we're going to talk about the story behind the production of both of these movies the amount of time walt disney himself put into that film to get that film made i think is really admirable and he had a really clear vision of it so i I kind of like just didn't ever really enjoy it whereas you know dark crystal was something that like um i I think i actually convinced my mum to watch dark crystal with me it was very much a, I'd seen it round at my sister's when I was young, and then we found a DVD of it. One movie I was brought up to not like, because my mum was constantly like, oh, fuck Mary Poppins, it's so annoying, and it's all about English cunts. A very Scottish view, Mary Poppins. So it sounds like uh, Jory and Josh team Mary Poppins. Uh, I'm with Peter on Dark Crystal. Alden, where do you stand between these two? Yeah, I'm still sticking with Dark Crystal. Oh, thank you. We're through the first round. We've got uh, Wizard of Oz, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Princess Bride, Jason and the Argonauts, Jungle Book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Beetlejuice, Sorcerer's Stone, Enchanted, Willow, Labyrinth, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, The Holy Mountain, Jumanji, and The Dark Crystal. Moving on to the next round. From here on out, we're doing speed rounds until the final four. So I'm just going to say the two movies that are going head-to-head, give it a countdown, and everyone has to say their movies. If we come to a tie or a close fight, we're going to have to talk about it briefly. we got Wizard of Oz versus Ro- Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ready? Three, two, one. One. Wizard of Oz. Who framed Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. So that's three for Roger Rabbit. What? Whoa. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Yo. Wow, that's an upset. I think... I, I under- we, have, we have to move on. We gotta move on. No time. No time. <laughs>
No time. Shut up. Anyway, we got Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring up against Princess Bride. Three, two, one. Fellowship, Fellowship of the, of the Ring. Fellowship. Fellowship. Princess Bride. Yeah, four to one. Sorry, Alden. I'd let you bring up a counterpoint, but we don't have time. There's no counterpoint to be made. I expected this. We got Jason and the Argonauts up against Jungle Book. Three, two, one. Jason, Jason and the Argonauts. Jungle Book. Josh, you got you were on Jungle Book? Yeah, I guess. Fair enough. If you haven't heard of or at least seen Jason and the Argonauts, I would definitely look up that that skeleton fighting scene because that, to me, carries a lot of weight. That and the Hydra scene is always good. Yeah, the Hydra scene's so cool, too. All right, we got fucking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory versus Beetlejuice. Three, two, one. Beetlejuice. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> no, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Yeah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> it's such a fucking shame because I thought Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was going to make top four, but no. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory would have also lost to Beetlejuice for me. It would not have lost to Beetlejuice for me. I think Beetlejuice is probably one of my favorite Tim Burton films. It sounds like Willy Wonka would have lost here. Sorcerer's Stone versus Enchanted. Ready? Three, two, one. Sorcerer's, Sorcerer's Stone. Stone. Enchanted. Enchanted. I think that's three to two for Enchanted. Oh, nicely done, lads. I, I think I need to rewatch Enchanted if I've learned anything from this. I think everyone needs to rewatch Enchanted. Got Willow versus Labyrinth. Ready? Three, two, one. Willow. 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 Labyrinth. We've got Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl versus Holy Mountain. Ready? <laughs> These are two completely different movies. Three. Two, one, Holy Mountain. Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. That's four pirates. Uh, I will say this, that was a hard call. Pirates is more fun than LSD, confirmed. <laughs> We've got Jumanji versus Dark Crystal. Ready? Three, two, one. Jumanji. Dark, Dark Crystal. Crystal. I didn't say anything. Uh, uh... It sounds like Dark Crystal won. That was three, right? It sounds like they both suck. Yeah. <laughs> They don't both suck. One just sucks more than the other. This is our fantasy bracket. The movies that just got eliminated were Wizard of Oz, Princess Bride, J uh, Jason and the Argonauts, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Labyrinth, Holy Mountain, and Jumanji. So I, I say like four classics just got oofed. Yeah, but I, fe I feel like I'm happy that with what we've got in the contenders. I'm not. I don't fucking care. Another another quick speed round. We've got Who Framed Roger Rabbit up against Fellowship of the Ring. Three, two, one. Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. I'm going to go with Fellowship here. Did three Roger Rabbit just come out? Yeah, I heard three. I said it as a joke, but now I have to run with it. I think this round we should be able to debate. I'm not actually going to vote for Roger Rabbit unless it's just for a meme. The meme aside, I really feel Fellowship of the Ring should take this. Meme aside, Fellowship takes it no contest. It's the, like, definitive fa fantasy movie. I mean, I like Roger Rabbit a lot, but Fellowship of the Ring just blows it out of the fucking waters. Probably my second favorite Robert Zemeckis movie. Yeah. I just feel like Roger Rabbit was just too much of a fever dream for me, man. Holy Mountain and Brazil are on this list, and you want to say that? <laughs> Wait, what? I liked the fever dream Holy Mountain gave to me. The nightmares Roger Rabbit gave to me were something else. Remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother? I talked just like So have you noticed how similar the OJ case is to Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit? <laughs> no. OJ Simpson claimed he was framed and so did Roger Rabbit. Is that it? Over the murder of someone that their spouse was seeing. Yeah, but the glove fit Roger Rabbit. Yeah, and the glove fit OJ Simpson. No, the glove didn't fit. It must have quit. Do you have any idea how common that circumstance is? The glove was frozen. Guys, Tiger King ripped off who framed Roger Rabbit. Tiger King ripped off the O.J. Simpson case. Kylo Baskin is evil, man. Her case is reopened. Jungle Book versus Beetlejuice. Three, two, one. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Oh, shit, we said it three times. Oh, Beetlejuice? Here, it's more than three. Hey, Peter Parker, it's showtime. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. I think it would be really interesting to hear a Spider-Man trilogy up against uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think that they're very similar trilogies. What? 
Wait. They're both horror movie directors thrown into a large fantasy trilogy with, uh, you know, uh, great, great meme potential, but also uh, great critical success. And they came out at the same time. I suppose that's true. My Spider-Man 3 theater experience was horrible. There was some kid, like, reeing and kicking the seat behind me. You would have been two years old when Fellowship was in theaters. That movie came out in 2001. In the case of Pirates of the Caribbean, my experience of um, Stranger Tides will be ruined by an autistic kid in front of me the entire time. You mean everybody in the theater for Stranger Tides? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I might be autistic. (laughs) Might be. Enchanted up against Willow. Three, two, one. Enchanted. 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 I was gonna say Willow, but it's really not worth the fight. <laughs> well, there isn't a fight. Pirates of the Caribbean cursed the Black Pearl up against Dark Crystal. Three, two, one. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Of the Caribbean. I have to publicly apologize to the film Chamber of Secrets. The Dark Crystal is like Chamber of Secrets annoying nose- noises on steroids. The final four now. The four greatest fantasy movies of all time are Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Beetlejuice, Enchanted, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Got Fellowship of the Ring versus Beetlejuice for the left side of the bracket. Which fantasy movie is moving on? I'm going to have to say Fellowship. I'll be a clown and say Beetlejuice. Josh, you're going to say it's a boring list of Fellowship wins, but I mean, like... It is. We're talking about fantasy here. (laughs) The only thing I could say against that is that a lot of things that I like about A Lord of the Rings has nothing to do with the fantasy. You just love Legolas. That's all you yeah, love. Yeah, he's a badass. And his arrow um, his arrow shooting kind of has nothing to do with fantasy. He's just a really good archer. But the, the reason he's a good archer is because he's an elf. That in itself is a fantasy trope. At some point, I will explain to you the entire logistics of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we're not going to do that today, though. I, it, it will be when I visit Josh. Couldn't afford that boat trip 200 years ago. You can't get on now. The reason why that I my vote's going towards Beetlejuice is because I think the fantasy aspects of Beetlejuice are very creative and a lot of fun. And when I think of fantasy, I think of just like, like just the wildest imagination possible as much as i like lord of the rings it's imaginative is kind of just other fantasy tropes that like but here's the thing that is the originator of the tropes lord of the rings is the bible on high fantasy and it came out almost a hundred years ago <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think that argument really holds water though against something like beetlejuice because it's so wildly different from a movie that is like typical high fantasy it's a ghost story but with a comedic twist But I feel like that's also why I go with Fellowship over Beetlejuice, because Fellowship is the definitive traditional fantasy, and I feel like it's hard to say that... Okay, do you want to give Fellowship a W at this point then, Jory? Yes, I do. Fellowship of the Ring is the best fantasy movie of the, you know, Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings trilogy. I I disagree. I I think the best fantasy movie of, like, the Peter... Whereas my favorite movie is Two Towers, and it's... Yeah, my favorite movie is Two Towers as well, and I think... It introduces much more, like, fantasy-esque things, like, obviously Gandalf. Yeah. Really doesn't. The main conflict, the fight at Helm's Deep is men against orcs, and it really just looks like two armies of men fighting. It brings in, like, the Ents, and when you read the books... The problem you're trying to make, Peter, you're, you're just saying, read the books, read the other source material. With Beetlejuice, I get everything in the film. You also get that with Fellowship of the Ring, though, is the thing. And the Ents are, like, the best thing in Two Towers. I think the Ents are what... Yeah, I know, but like, the, the Ents in Two Towers, as a movie, is what makes the movie so great. Is- yeah, but we're talking about Fellowship here. We're, t- we're talking about Fellowship here. Fellowship introduces you into the world of Middle-earth. Yes, and I'm saying that's why it's a better fantasy movie than anything else, because it builds that world so well. And one thing that I really like is the opening sequence where they explain the powers of the ring and all of that. Like, you obviously, am- a lot of people have issues me, with how Peter Jackson filmed the movies. I don't think anyone has an issue with that. Yeah, The book snobs have a lot of issues with it. It's like Star Wars. Once you bring up other books in EU, that's just irrelevant to me. Beetlejuice is one of those movies where like, you watch it and it's all kind of like a clusterfuck. No, it's not. I it's disagree. a really, really well-structured film. A good clusterfuck, like 
Yeah, it's fantasy. Peter, I'm on your side on this one. So, I mean, like, my argument isn't that Beetlejuice is not as good of a movie as Fellowship of the Ring, because I also think that Beetlejuice is one of Tim Burton's best movies. Beetlejuice is fantastic, and you would be a fool to try to say that it wasn't. However, as a fantasy movie, Fellowship of the Ring blows it out of the water because it introduces the world of Middle-earth. When I think fantasy, I think the Shire. I think Hobbits. I think Wizards. I think Elves. I think Rivendell. There's so much in Fellowship of the Ring that is the world of Lord of the Rings. And even though they might expand on it later on, I think that this is the one that you're going to think of when you think fantasy. Can we vote? Yeah, let's just cast a vote here. I, I think we're at a bit of a tie. I'm going to I'm going to go on the record and I'm going to I'm going to say Beetlejuice for the argument alone. Yeah, me too. I'm going to say Fellowship of the Ring. I'm also Fellowship. Alden, what's your vote? Oh boy, let's get it. I'm going to go Fellowship. Beetlejuice just isn't really fantasy in the sense that you understand fantasy. I'm sorry I took so long on this. It's terrible. Moving on to Enchanted up against Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I'm on team Enchanted. I would rather watch this movie a thousand times before I watch Black Pearl. So Jesus. I'm going to go with there. That's a bad take. I am on team Pirates all the way. Pirates. Pirates is moving on. It's Pirates. Wait, Jory, were you with me? Yeah, I was with you, but that's three to two, so... Enchanted got this far for a, a reason, and I think we all really appreciate this movie to some degree. I feel like Enchanted is a movie that I really need to rewatch again, because the first time I watched it, I was like, fuck this. You want to talk about movies that subvert audience expectations, and when the movie starts off this really chippy animated movie that is just going to be like every other Disney movie, and then suddenly you're, you're cast into this fantastically hilarious fish-out-of-water narrative... I absolutely love all the character actors in this film. I think it was one of Amy Adams' like breakout roles into being a, a megastar. I thought it was Anna Kendrick that was in it. No. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about subverting expectations, I don't think anyone expected a, a movie about a theme park ride in Disney World to be a huge, massive hit. Guest last week said that Country Bears was the first great Disney ride. Whoa. Like, with Enchanted, I just don't appreciate it as a movie, whereas Pirates of the Caribbean... Curse of the Black Pearl is a movie that, like, I feel I can always return to no matter how old I am. It's one of these things that, like, I always... That's such an awesome argument, Peter, but I'm going to say the same exact thing for Enchanted. I feel like it's a movie you can always turn to, It's and it's a lot shorter of a movie. It's like 90 minutes. It's like 100 minutes. You can just fucking turn it on, watch it, shut your brain off. Black Pearl is an investment of time. It's two and a half hours long, and I just had to watch a commentary track for it, and it felt like a chore. It's such a long movie. We just put Fellowship of the fucking Ring in the finals, and we're talking about runtimes too long. Let's completely ignore that point. I don't know why we're talking about that. Curse of the Black Pearl is one of the best adventure movies of this generation. Enchanted is a very nice slept-on little comedy about a princess that I really, really enjoy, but it doesn't beat the juggernaut of fantasy. I don't think Pirates of the Caribbean is a juggernaut of fantasy. Or Nate puts a clown emoji on my avatar again. It's already there. Um, of the skeletons uh, turning into pirates, the mystery around that, the, the, the mystery of Elizabeth's necklace, all that is a very great hero's journey in a fantasy aspect, where Enchanted is a very fun movie, but when you're comparing it to, to Pirates of the Caribbean, which I think is a really well-executed fantasy adventure whatever you want to call it movie i think it's just that pirates is just the much better well orchestrated film with pirates it goes with me to work towards the world of world creating and it always will in fantasy terms when when people think of pirates media they think of pirates of the caribbean so if peter's going off that point when people think of princess fantasy nobody thinks of enchanted for i said this might be a boomer take but i feel like the definitive pirate's tale is treasure island that's because you're reading treasure island right now i also saw treasure planet when i was like five nobody saw treasure planet though as much as i like that movie it was it was a bust nobody saw it the muppets also saw fit to adapt that story treasure island is an amazing book and it said earlier muppets treasure island wasn't it wasn't even the best muppets movie every argument you i'm not talking about the movie I'm just saying that I feel like every argument you could say about Pirates Media is a downgrade compared to Pirates of the Caribbean. Josh, I also said the best elements of Muppets Treasure Island were the Treasure Island elements. Great. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one.
Yeah, that's incredibly self-aware of them. I don't think they've ever made a movie like it since. That would be like if Lord and Miller made Solo is what Enchanted is to the Disney princess film. Um, anyone else want to weigh in? Peter's done talking and uh, I'm done talking for this round. So who else has uh, got an opinion? Dang, I'm on Enchanted side, but that could be just because I'm not that big of a fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise as a whole. I think Curse of the Black Pearl is fine. I prefer more traditional fantasy, but it sounds like it's two to three anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> In the final round, the two fantasy goliaths going head to head, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl versus uh, Fel uh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Where does everyone stand? These are the two standout fantasy movies. Before we do this, we want to throw any more questions my way, Nate. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, quick question for you. The uh, official animal of Scotland is the unicorn. Do you think that that has anything to do with uh, your love of fantasy? Interesting question, because my favorite stories were always myths and legends. And uh, growing up in Scotland, this is a country entirely based on myths and legends. You know, some of our greatest stories, if you go through my mother's Facebook, you'll find photos of me in, like, homemade night suits and all that. Our head-to-head -head fellowship of the ring up against Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Yay. Where does everyone stand? I'm going to say Fellowship of the Ring. I'm going to say Fellowship of the Ring, too. My vote's Pirates, but I know Fellowship's winning. My vote's also, uh, or not also, my vote's Fellowship. Yeah, I'm going to have to say Fellowship, although I prefer the Pirates movies over Lord of the Rings. I am a massive Lord of the Rings fan, as it must have been apparent for recording this. I feel pretty decent about this bracket. I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean is is one of those movies that quickly gets overlooked, especially if you're talking about fantasy. So the fact that it made it to our number two is is pretty impressive. I, I'm pretty pretty happy with our uh, our relatively diverse final four. I mean, I don't know what's everyone else's thoughts on the the bracket as a whole. Alden, Jory, Josh. Wasn't uh, expecting Pirates to get that far, to be honest. But I also wasn't expecting the top right corner of the quadrant to go the way it did but i i mean i really like enchanted i'm glad it made the final four it's kind of like the incredibles winning best pixar film it's a very normie pick but also a very respectful pick yeah i was glad that we had the variety that we did but i couldn't really see this mounting out any other way at least for the number one alden are you content with this bracket uh not really <laughs> what is the one movie you think should have made it into the final four that didn't realistically i think lion witch in the wardrobe but there's some other films on this list i wish got farther and i just i kind of assumed that there wouldn't be a change of heart if i made an argument for some of them so thank you everyone for watching let us know your favorite fantasy movie in the comments section below I would absolutely love to hear everyone's opinion. Is there a movie that we just completely left off this bracket? Because I feel like going through my, my catalog of movies, I feel like there could have been some fantasy hidden gems we missed. Stuck out to me was, uh, I mean, I don't think it was going to go far in the bracket or anything, but Bridge the Terabithia. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Duel of the Takes podcast. Next week's topic of discussion will be a KFM-style challenge, where we will be trying to determine the best original song on a motion picture soundtrack, and we will be joined by two musical guests. If you want to check out our YouTube video on today's special episode, be sure to subscribe to Nathaniel R. Martin. And as always, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.